Namaste, my friends. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. The Harmony Inspired Health Podcast brings you raw and real conversations from leaders in the industry about all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and life. My name is Harmony, and I am your podcast host. I am an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner who specializes in women's hormonal health, a registered nurse, and a business mentor. I'm on a mission to inspire, educate, and empower women to take charge of their health, wealth, and life. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much from my soul to yours. Before we jump into this soulful episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my accredited program, Ayurveda Alchemist. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda holistic health coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for women who are ready to embark on an epic personal development journey, immersing themselves in the wisdom of Ayurveda, learning how to optimize their health and well-being by addressing all aspects of self, including their physical body, mental and emotional health and spirituality, whilst wholeheartedly stepping into their dharma, their purpose. This program is also for women who would love to get started with a fulfilling career in Ayurveda and for already established health, wellness and life coaches who want to create greater impact by offering a holistic framework that gets their clients exceptional and holistic results. This certification is what you need to step into the high-level practitioner that you were born to be and stand out from the coaching crowd. You will experience undeniable growth personally and professionally. You will be mentored by highly qualified facilitators, guest experts, and practitioners. Spots are strictly limited. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform the lives of others by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to everybody in the Ayurveda and Women's Health Sisterhood and to all of our podcast listeners. Today, I have someone so special to my heart with us today, and this is the most beautiful lady, Anna Veal. She is a dear friend of mine, and she is coming to talk to us about simple steps to reshape your life. Anna is a men's mindset uh, coach who specializes in men's mental fitness, and she's worked with many corporate um, leaders in the industry and high-end athletes, football teams, all the things. Um, she's also a speaker and now an author. I am so excited to announce that because guess what? Her book literally came out today. She opened the box this morning before we started recording. And I was like, woo, woo go girlfriend. And it's so, so exciting because I know how hard Anna worked for this book. Anna is also an Ayurveda Alchemist alumni. So she's been through the whole program and she has written a whole chapter on Ayurveda and how um, men can use that to serve themselves better. So 
I highly, highly recommend anybody um, looking for a good read for themselves. You don't even have to be a man because I've read um, obviously the Ayurveda chapter, proofread that, and she, like the way she writes is so beautifully and it's just she articulates it in a really easy to understand way and the tips in there they're not just specific for, for men. Like they can be applied to, to you as a woman as well, but it would be a perfect little Christmas stocking gift. So hint, hint, <laughs> and a really, um, yeah, beautiful present for any man in your life anyway. And so Anna is the founder of the Men's Framework and she'll be talking more about this and what this means and how she can support uh, men's or women's mindset through her framework and how you can apply simple steps to completely reshape your life. So welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thank you very much for having me. And that's um, quite a hard act to follow. So thanks for the introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. And, you know, Anna has actually been on the podcast before. So this is her second appearance and it was a really popular episode. So if you did want to um, learn more about what Anna does in the other episode you can find that as well so you know Anna we always start with our inspiration question so can you inspire us with what your superpower is yeah I guess my superpower um may or may not have changed since we last spoke actually but I feel like connection um really the the biggest thing for me um is that we unite um and my I I love connecting people with other people. I love connecting with people um, through writing, through speaking. And I think if we all just paid a little bit more attention to the people um, that we cross in the street, uh, then the world would be a better place. So I would say connection. Yeah, beautiful. And what is your favorite quote or mantra? Well, my favorite quote or mantra um, kind of depends on the day. But um, I kind of feel like at the moment, believe, um, just believing in yourself and believing in others is a big one. Um, and I think a lot of people question themselves and stop themselves from doing things because of that lack of belief. Um, so having just reached um, a bit of a pinnacle um, by opening my own book today, um, yeah, I think believe would be probably appropriate for today. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, like belief, is one of the biggest things that can excel us forward so that we can really expand into our higher self and who we are born to be. But it's also one thing that can keep us stuck. So yeah, the just, just the word belief, like believing in yourself or just saying, I believe every day um, is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And funny, I was just interviewing somebody in my podcast earlier this morning um, and he's a professional footballer and he knows above all else what it's what you have to do to get to that level and without that self-belief um it is only ever a dream or a regret so um, I think it's a powerful world when it's word when it's used in the right context 100% and who or what is inspiring you at the moment beside yourself beside the new author <laughs> I never inspire myself but um do you know what I I uh, I was thinking about this before I came on and um, it's my kids. Um, I think last time I spoke about Joe Wicks, but my kids just, they were talking about that word belief, but they constantly push me to be better and they constantly um, sort of question what I do in an innocent way to make me 
stronger and make me better. And so they inspire me to get off my ass and actually do what I say I'm going to do. And um, just recently we did a big charity event and both the kids just stepped out of their own comfort zone and, and um, my daughter was helping set up and, and do all the things and she had a little stall going and then my son and his friends um, coached a group of 30 kids and just to have that confidence to be able to just go and do it um, not because mum was saying that, she, that they should it was just they really wanted to be part of something bigger so yeah I'd say my kids at the moment are pretty damn inspiring. Beautiful. Well, I would say that you have inspired them and that's why they were going and doing all of that work because they're watching their mama do all <laughs> stuff as well. And yeah, I see you're so active with your kids and I can see um, how much love that you have for them and what a beautiful mother you have amongst all the busyness and craziness of life i.e. writing a book, running your men's program. Um, you just ran this huge, big event and you just, you're just you doing it all. And so I would love to speak to you more about how you're doing it all, but those simple steps that you have taken to reshape your life. And I think to start this episode off, I would love to hear more about your story. Like, like what got you interested in men's health? Because as you know, like um, through my programs that I teach and my business coaching and training, a lot of women who come into the space, they want to help women. And you're one of the rare few that have come out and been like, my niche is men's health. Like I love working with men. So can you share your story of how you have evolved to really niche down and work with men? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, the surface answer was um, I was a tomboy and I grew up with three brothers and, you know, I just wanted to be one of the boys. Um, but the reality is that I grew up with a dad who, um, who was an alcoholic um, and he was a wonderful man. Like him and I were best of friends. Um, but uh, for those of you who haven't experienced um, kind of anybody with addiction, addictions are really tricky uh, for the family members when uh, when you're living in that space. And so it was quite an unpredictable childhood from the perspective of um, when he was on form, he was unbeatable. But when he was, um, when his demons had got the better of him, he, he wasn't ideal. And although he didn't, um, he never ever um, physically abused me, um, certainly some of the words that came out of his mouth had a lasting impression. The beauty with my father was, was that he was always very um, apologetic the next day and he, he really did try his best. But as we know with addictions, it's more than just willpower and it's a, it's a disease. So um, he passed away um, pretty much nine years to the day. And ever since he died, I, I always felt like I could have done more. And if I'd have, if I'd have helped in some way, uh, maybe he would have fulfilled more of his life. Now, he was 80 when he died, so he had a really good life. But I know that he went to his deathbed with a, with a few regrets. And, and if, I know, if I knew now or then what I knew now, I feel like I could have helped him kind of either be at peace for the things that didn't go his way or just be able to go to his deathbed kind of feeling like he'd given everything the best shot. And I guess that kind of works hand in hand. So for me as a as a wife I want the best for my husband um, and because I know that the when he brings his best self to the table then 
the whole family win. Um, and I know you do such brilliant work with females to, if, to restore that balance on the feminine side as well. But I just don't feel there's enough people championing and supporting men. Um, there's still such a stigma in men's mental health in particular. There's still a real... Um, sort of instinctive drive for men to be the providers um, and obviously we know things are changing but the juggle is still there and the perception for them to succeed in in, in their kind of craft is is quite pressured so I kind of act as a bit of a support mechanism and a place for them to be able to like just just settle down and um, and kind of just create space for them to be their their true selves I guess brilliant and yeah it is it's so so important like I do think that we are shedding more light on men's mental health but there is certainly still a big stigma and especially in the areas you work in like you work with high functioning men in corporate and yeah. you work with athletes like top athletes and at one stage you're working with farmers yeah <laughs> you've done a range of a, a range of different um uh, men who work in different areas I should say yeah. so can you share a little bit about the the types of qualities when you're working with me, these men like what you're what you're seeing that needs the most attention at the moment yeah well and like you say I have worked in lots of different demographics and but the the single um kind of common denominator is their pride and there is still so much um there is, yes, there is more work um, and people are more aware of it, but people still go, yeah, but that's not me. And so they might, they're, they're happy to talk about men's mental health as long as it's not projected, the spotlight's not on them. So it's for me to meet people where they're at and go, you know, coaching isn't about weakness, it's about being better or um, having a different mindset from where you were yesterday. So it brings a different lens onto it. And ultimately it's about taking care of themselves. So I come at, cause I've got sort of 20 years in the personal training space. I, I, I've got a really unique ability to be able to draw people in from that space. It's like, you know, you wouldn't go to the gym and not get a program written for you. Um, and so why, when you're trying to be the best version of yourself, are you not looking to seek out how you can do that? And when they understand that they're not broken um, and they don't need to be fixed, they're actually being given tools and resources to be better, then their pride isn't being affected. Um, so yes, there is a lot of work being done in the men's mental fitness space, but I think it's about rewording it. So it's not, we don't get them at crisis point, we get them at the top before, before they fall. Um, and I think that's really important. And that's really how men's, the, the men's formula came about because you can't have a strong um, forward thinking um, universal mindset if you haven't got the basics covered which is movement nutrition good sleep and some kind of format of self-care mm, brilliant 100 percent. it's it's all about holistic care and that's what we look at when we're optimizing health it's not just about the physical it's not just about you know, people are aware of the mental so we often say health is our physical and our mental well-being but really it goes beyond that to look at the emotional aspects which can be different to our mental well-being it also goes deeper than that to look at the spiritual health of our ourselves because at our true essence of who we are we're not just you know in our mind we're not just in our body we have a spiritual health 
that really needs to be taken care of. And sometimes that also includes connecting to that deeper purpose of who we are, what we're here to do, why we're here. And when we can really connect to that deeper purpose, we can start to optimize our health from a really holistic lens. So I love how you are addressing a lot of these aspects with, with your men. Um, and Today, we, we really want to um, dive deep into those simple steps that you can do to reshape your life. And this isn't just, um, just for men. Like these are simple steps that men and women alike can do to reshape your life. So let's start rolling in on that, Anna. Yeah, well, where do we start? <laughs> where well, do we call it men's, um, but mindset, exercise, nutrition, and sleep, right? Super, super easy. And personally, I believe... Uh, like I sort of said earlier, you can't really get the mindset piece without looking at the other bits and pieces. Um, I've just finished working with a client um, this morning, actually, who he's got everything in the tank. Like, you know, he, he's he's got vision, he's got this, the foresight, but he'd let, because he's got young children, he'd let the other things kind of fall off the wagon. So he wasn't able to fulfill his potential in this space because all of the other things were lacking. So when, when it comes to movement, nutrition and sleep, lots of people feel like they have to do the all or nothing, you know, like, right, I'm going to strip out everything and I'm going to stop drinking coffee, even though they've been drinking four cups a day. They're going to strip out, um, you know, all of the sugar. They're going to go to the gym five times a week and then they're going to go to bed at 8.30 when they've been going to bed at midnight. And it's just this, especially men, they're like, right, what do I do? Where do I sign up? And that works for some in the short term, but if we're looking at long-term gain and consistency uh, we want to be breaking it down and, and breaking that right way down so generally speaking when I'm working with people I'll ask them if you could kind of zoom in on your life and you could change one thing what would that one thing have the knock-on effect for all of the other things so for, I always use my husband and I feel sorry for him but um, when we had my son who's now 13 um, my husband wasn't a morning person at all. And so the deal was I do the evening stuff. I do the through the night as long as I got a cup of tea in the morning. And at six o'clock, he would take over so I could have an hour before he went to work. And that was kind of the deal. And um, this one particular time, my, my son, he, he's not a sleeper. And uh, I think I was like on the fourth week straight of this just up all night. And I passed this baby to Greg at like 5.45. And no word of a lie, he turned around, he looked at the clock and he said, it's not six o'clock yet. And it just rolled over as if to go back to sleep. Uh, you can imagine how that went down. Um, but, <laughs> I, but, can, I can imagine it because I can imagine it in my household. <laughs> especially you with twins, don't worry. Um, so, but what the kind of point I'm trying to make is, is that for Greg, if he doesn't get his sleep, then he can't function and he definitely won't be going to the gym and he certainly won't be having a green smoothie for breakfast. So he needs to focus on his sleep for the other areas to kind of really kind of fall into place. So that would be the thing that I would focus on for Greg, like his circadian rhythm, uh, what his sleep hygiene's like, and then like peeling back the layers on, on how we can improve that. And then just organically over the course of the series of weeks, we can start introducing like, areas in the other parts of the men's um, and so for me if I don't exercise then I tend to eat more rubbish and then when I when I, I did it yesterday actually I smashed out a whole heap of chocolate and then I couldn't sleep so you know you're on the back foot 
but had I been to the gym and actually got the exercise in, I would have been less likely to want the chocolate. So for me, it would be focusing on the exercise as a non-negotiable. So that's what we do um, when we look at those three things. I've kind of mentioned circadian rhythm and how important that is and making sure that we've got systems in play to get a good night's sleep from the minute we wake up in the morning. And I think people forget that it isn't just the last hour at bedtime. Um, it's about from, from the minute and you know as much as anyone about that. Um, and then when it comes to movement, again, I've just seen so many people like running just because they feel they should. And I'm like, do you even enjoy it? And they're like, no, excuse my language. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but like, I hate it. And you go, so what, why? Why are you doing it? And so to give them permission to go, oh, actually, I've always wanted to learn karate and my kid wants to go, okay, well, happy days, let's go and do that. Or uh, maybe you might want to go surfing. Okay, well, let's cool do that. So dispelling the myths that maybe they're too old to start a new sport or um, you don't have to run to be fit. <laughs> Um, to find an exercise that's actually enjoyable. And then um, in the book, I talk about finding a Roy, um, who was my training partner for the best part of a decade. And um, he didn't start off being a friend. He was, um, he was somebody who I knew I was going to get amazing results with because we matched each other in terms of mentality and fitness. So we became training partners and um, that relationship fed accountability. When I didn't want to train, he he was like well you come in anyway you know there's that level of like oh man I've still got to go because I said I'd meet him there um so just weaving in these little hacks to ensure that the you know you get the best outcome um and then again same with nutrition if we're looking at nutrition we want to be it's not necessarily what they're eating but how they're eating are they watching the news half of my clients are watching the news or scrolling through the dramas of what's going on in life while they're trying to eat well how are we possibly going to get energy when we're in fight or flight so um you know just those little kind of little hacks really about what you're doing rather than what you're eating um can have a profound effects on their overall health and well-being so we kind of dive into that um in in the men's Brilliant. And I think you made a really important point about basically what you do is like pull back the blind spots for people and not just do things like go for a run because that's what they perceive will, you know, make them healthier, make them fitter, lose weight, whatever their goal might be and fit into like the society's expectations or that sort of box because sometimes people don't really know and they don't spend the time to ask themselves the quality of quality questions and we know that the quality of the questions we ask ourselves will determine how we spend our life because if you're just asking oh what can I do to get to get fit and lose weight and exercise well you know first thing that comes to mind is sometimes running sometimes going to the gym and doing a class or pumping some weights but if you're asking yourself what do what would I enjoy so that I can be motivated and keep going and make this more of a lifestyle? What types of exercise? And it doesn't, and it shouldn't just be one type either. 
because that's a good way to get injuries by overtraining. (laughs) And, you know, I actually had to learn this the hard way myself. Like I was someone who was like, right, I've got to run this amount of times a week. I've got to do shit exercise. I've got, you know, I was born in like the era of where cardio was king for women, which we know is not the truth. (laughs) Um, I was always left injured. Um, I was a triathlete for a period of time and always having like tendonitis and all of these things going on um, because of the way I was training. And it wasn't until I really asked myself, no, what, what would actually suit your body? What actually suits your hormones as, as you're getting older? And what do you actually enjoy? Like, what are you excited to do or could potentially be excited to do if you were doing it, like you said, with, with a friend for motivation? And I do a lot more um, strength training, a lot more Pilates, a lot more yoga, And then when I do go for a run, maybe once a week, if that, like I I actually enjoy it and I'm not putting pressure on myself wearing a watch to make sure I tick 10 Ks and I do it under like, you know, 50 minutes or whatever it has to be. So I think it's really, yeah, made a good point of, you know, asking, asking yourself those questions of what is actually going to be sustainable when we're looking at, you know, reshaping our life for the long term, taking these simple steps for long term results, not just as a fad. And as you mentioned, like with men in particular, they often have a very high pitta dosha, and especially when they're in that pitta phase of life, where it's like all about drive and getting things done and structure, and they can go all in really, really hard, and then you know can't keep up the pace because they've got a demanding job as well, and they've got a demanding family life, and then it all comes to a big explosion and things fall away because you haven't set up those simple steps that reshape your life for a long period of time. So I think that is, yeah, really important um, information that you shared with us, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it, like ultimately as well, you want to make it so easy that um, that you can't fail so that you're getting that hit of dopamine and it you know that reward center of the brain you get the idea that okay yeah this is good for me and this is kind of moving me forward but what's really motivating when people start to kind of work through the men's is that there there is a natural mindset shift and so they don't have to do the work on like why do I feel like this like is it only me Um, because their confidence starts to increase because of the steps that they're doing so within a matter of weeks really they start to notice a big shift and then when their confidence starts to increase they're more likely to be courageous in their thoughts they're more likely to um, kind of start seeing results in their business or at work improve their relationships and often they'll go god like I didn't even realize that that was missing and now I'm doing this and it's only because I'm drinking water it's like you know there we go and there so and that's what I love about it sometimes we feel like we've got to go and do you know six months here training and doing this or I've got to go off and um, you know read all these books or do all the things when the reality is if we just do the small things and we do them consistently well then our mindset naturally shifts anyway we kind of go on that next step of enlightenment if you like totally and I always say like clarity comes through action so yeah start implementing small steps, whether that is, all right, you know, I'm going to start going for a walk three times a week. If you've gone from nothing, that's fantastic. Three half an hour walks and you're like, through that action comes, comes clarity. And you, you start to 
like you said, move into those mindset shifts because you're moving your physical body, you're moving your energy, you're starting to feel better in yourself. And when you can feel better in yourself, you feel more confident. When you feel more confident, you're more happy. When you're more confident and happy, things like your relationships, they just naturally improve. Yeah. So it's this like domino effect of making small, tiny steps in your life, whether it's like we have just spoken about, like exercise but also with nutrition you know you might be overwhelmed by having to do uh, a huge change but if you're like right I'm just going to stick to my three main meals I'm going to eliminate snacking which is usually all the crappy food anyway um yeah. and that one simple shift can make a big change or like you said drinking more water hydrating yourself because how crappy do we feel when we're dehydrated when we haven't had enough water like is it like 80% of our body is made up of water? Like we actually need water and that might stop the 3 p.m. headaches that we're getting like in the afternoon, the energy slump in the afternoon, you know? And so just making these small, tiny steps. So we spoke a lot about exercise, the small, simple steps for that. So with nutrition, what is a simple, small step that someone can take today if they want to start improving their nutrition i think um you know from an ayurvedic perspective <clears throat> you've already mentioned that three meals a day and I, I i really find that powerful for guys because it's literally just three things to remember um but my biggest one um as i kind of alluded to earlier is making sure that there's no distractions when they're eating so what often i'll do is kind of a lot of people like rules, right? Like they'll kind of go, yeah, that kind of sticks with me. So maybe um, only only eat when you're sitting down at the table. So that one rule then eradicates all of the other things like picking um, when you're getting your kids dinner or um, eating in the car, like I'm terrible for eating in the car. So if I've stuck to my, well, I only eat when I sit down at a table, then it's like the rest is taken care of. So those little things I think are, are really quite useful, um, but from a nervous system perspective, not being distracted, being around people that you um, enjoy being around and not talking about negative things or watching uh, the news or um, even um, if you're into like the crime mystery things, like on TV, just leave that until you've eaten. Um, I really think that that can be a massive game changer when it comes to um, utilization of nutrients. Um, so yeah, any of those. <laughs> Absolutely. And I had a world of digestive issues um, and that's where Ayurveda really, really helped me. But that was one of the main things was being able to sit with no distraction and eat because if we're in that sympathetic state, we're not in a we were not able to digest our food and yeah. it was yeah huge for me because I was someone that used to eat on the go all of the time especially with young kids right like yeah. sometimes hard not to uh, but what I noticed when I actually sat took time to take a few deep breaths I was already relaxing my diaphragm first because that's really important as well and then mindfully ate with no distractions so not flipping through my phone and I still practice this today and like obviously if I'm having lunch with friends or or family, then you're communicating, you're talking, but you're still being really mindful and present and just being with those people. But even at home, I'm like, there's no devices, there's no TV, like we have dinner, we have dinner together and we sit and we talk and we be really mindful with our food. And it also makes you be more mindful of the type of food you're eating. Absolutely. 
I must say my husband doesn't practice this as well <laughs> or enough. And I'm like, he's like hoeing down a pack of chips and then he's like getting something ready and then, you know, eating in the car and coming home and eating dinner. And I'm like, you have no idea what you've eaten today. <laughs> like you have no idea. Or he's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't had dinner yet. And I'm like, but you've probably eaten four meals in the car on the way here. I mean, he has a high stress job. Yeah. And like, I could travel a lot for it, but I'm like, yeah, he definitely, definitely could work on that. So I can see that it, I don't know, is it, is it more of an issue with men or women or is it just, I well, don't know. Well, yeah, both? I mean, I think um, when I was personal training for w women with young children, it was just you ate when you could, right? And you, you made a cup of tea and then four hours later, you still hadn't drunk it. So like there are going to be pockets of time when it, it's not as realistic. But I think as a general rule, um, both men and women um, get into bad habits. And one of our bad habits is being able to have food accessible at any given moment. Like you can stop off at a petrol station and you can have heaps of food. Very rarely do you see apples or bananas there. Like it's just a whole temptation of of lollies and crisps and things like that so I think as much as anything it's about what are we doing that's habitual and for people who are high stress time poor generally they will eat on the go and it's easy to eat on the go um over in New Zealand the BP garage they've got the wellbeing cafe and my goodness the amount of coffees that 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 place produces um and when you start to when you're kind of coaching with people and in the book I've tried to sort of make it as life coachy as possible in terms of um, bringing people's awareness elevating people's awareness is that what are you doing under the radar that you don't even realize that you're doing and when they understand that they are just picking at the crisps or they're like my husband's cheese and crackers you know he'll go and find the cheese and crackers um once you start doing that you kind of get your hand to your mouth and you go oh do I need this? And then you've got, and then in that moment, you've got that choice. And if you want it, happy days, do it, but do it consciously. So I think there's sort of, um, you know, we just need to be mindful of what we're doing out of habit and bringing that to the surface and asking ourselves whether or not it's going to take us to where we want to be in the long term. Because if you kind of think about it, I mean, I've put on a few kilos since um, hitting my mid forties, but you know, if you're only eating a bar of chocolate a day, that's however many bars of chocolate a year. And if you kind of, if you worked that out in kilos in terms of calorific gain, then that's gonna be a couple of kilos a year. And if you carry on doing that and you slow your walking down, then by the time you're 50, you're 10, 15 kilos heavier and you're like, oh, I have no idea how I got there. So it's about just sort of like unraveling the habitual one beliefs but also the habits that are, that we we haven't got any clue that we're doing anyway um and that can be really fun and quite confronting <laughs> totally i i think that is such an underlying cause is not having that self-awareness but once you get it it can be life-changing for oh, absolutely yeah yeah and more self-responsibility as well yeah and I take that into when I'm sort of delivering the stress management workshops like that's what we talk about is yes people kind of understand bad habits in terms of nutrition and exercise maybe um and even sleep now because it's being more widely talked about but we have so many bad habits or unhelp not bad habits unhelpful habits um in our mindset that stop us 
from progressing and stop us from having open communication that stop us from um being like utilizing our true potential so when we when we can like have the bravery and courage to step into that space and go well what what's holding me back it's amazing how many habits go under the radar that we haven't thought about and then when we do we can stop and that's when our literally our lives change um so yeah from a mindset perspective when we when we start getting into the m of the men's that's when people's minds are blown it's quite cool so going a little bit deeper on that mindset aspect, because people are starting to understand that mindset, you know, dictates a lot of your life, really. Um, yeah. And as you pointed out, you've got to make those small, simple steps first or in conjunction with a mindset change. So what is one simple way that someone today can start looking or being more aware of where their mindset is holding them back and how they could make maybe even just a subtle shift because mindset work it it doesn't happen overnight it really does take a period of time and even in my higher self uh, methodology I use empowering mindset uh, empowering belief shifts in my methodology because it it does, it creates a whole new way of how you show up and how you see yourself, but it really takes getting to those underlining beliefs and habits, as you mentioned, so that we can rewire that, we can break those habits, but it takes time. And often there's just this subtle awareness that needs to happen first. So what is one simple step that someone can take to cultivate that subtle awareness and perhaps maybe even a bit of a shift today? Well, I think uh, one one probably top tip would be to remove yourself from your ego. Um, and I say that in a place of um, complete and utter compassion for everybody, but essentially our ego wants to keep us safe. So what you've been doing for the last 30 or 40 years has been there for a reason, even if it on the outset looks like it's not doing you any favors at all. So um, one thing that you can do is just like remove yourself from yourself and kind of go, if I was somebody who was just observing me for the day, what honestly would they be seeing? And from there, you'll be able to get that little bit of space um, to then be able to go, right, okay, well, they do, when they when they interact with their children, they're really present and they're really engaged. But when the wife comes into the room or when the husband comes into the room, I can see that maybe they don't listen as much. Or when the mother-in-law calls, I can see that there's a, sh- a shift in um, body language, for example. And you can kind of then get curious. I think often we go to judgment and we're like, oh, well, I'm a bad person for that. And I shouldn't have those thoughts. And, and we start to kind of go down that negative trajectory. But if we can get curious and go, okay, well, what is it? isn't it interesting that I'm fine with this person but when I'm with this person like my best self's not not really happening here and then we can start to kind of pick away at it from a and and kind of go right okay well what do I need to do to to foster that and make that more um efficient for me and and get me to where I want to go and then yeah you can start working on the beliefs but I think taking that helicopter view first of all is the important piece because without the awareness we can't take action but often people get stuck in the awareness and then they let their inner critic um take over and then they just shame themselves and then they end up in a bit of a rabbit hole so the important thing is is to take the ego out of it look at it from a kind of um, compassionate perspective, but then be willing to put the work in to, to make the, the change. And I, I talk about it, um, 
I've, I've got like a little acronym, acronym called AGM, which is Awareness, Grounding and Mantra. And essentially all it is, is getting that awareness of when you're being in a triggered state or when you're doing something that's holding you back. And then you've got that really tiny sort of like opportunity, that little sweet spot where you can make a change. If you carry on doing this, the same behavior, you're going to get the same results. So we want to be, kind of create that space. And that's where the grounding comes in. And we maybe take a breath and we just literally get feet to ground and we become really present. And then your mantra is just a reframe. So it's like, okay, so for me, I again, I always kind of use my daughter in this respect. But a couple of years ago, we were going down a bit of a negative spiral. So basically her just talking to me annoyed me because she was just going through a bit of a phase. And so my reaction to her and my body language, bearing in mind body language is about 80 or 90%, I think, of um, communication, <clears throat> was immediately pissed off with her. And so she'd come to me and immediately she would pick up on something and then her behavior would change as a result and she'd get all prickly. And the outcome was that we'd have like a monumental Coronation Street type like arguments. Um, and it wasn't going well for any of us. And Greg, was, my husband was feeling really low about it. My son, you know, just hated our, us arguing and it was just horrible. So AGM was kind of created out of the fact that I knew I needed to make a change. And so I had the awareness that me and Sienna weren't going great. And then the grounding was whenever she said, mum, I would put my feet to ground and I would literally become really present with her. And my mantra was, there's another way. So that reframe meant that I was, I could say, yes, honey, how are you going? And regardless of whether or not she was up for fight, I wasn't. And because I was present and I knew that there was another way. So AGM is quite a good way of being able to sort of like diffuse any kind of judgment of yourself or judgment of others and be able to get a different outcome. I love that. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing your story and that tip. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> and so the last, the last one that you really hone in on is sleep. And yes, it is so important um, as we are becoming more aware. And we're also aware that when we don't get enough sleep, that we can be really shitty and our relationship yeah. go down the gurgle and our career can feel like a challenge and life just feels like a challenge. So is there any simple step you can um, suggest for people who may be struggling with getting to sleep or having quality sleep that they can just start with? Yeah, I mean, for me, the, probably the number one, and people hate it, is the consistent getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every night. And that, if you do that consistently over the period of a few weeks, your, your system starts to reset. I mean, there's obviously so many other factors um, that we can take into play and um, that we cover in the book and um, in coaching and things, but just that one piece can be game changing for people and they hate it because it means they're like what do you mean can I get a lion at the weekend it's like well you can but you wake up and maybe do some breath work or read a book or do something that's going to be kind of fostering that self-care and that um is one that often people get resistant to but when they do it they're like oh my gosh I'm sleeping so much better mm -hmm. so that would probably be the one place to start Amazing. And I mean, we've only just touched the surface today of these like simple steps, but they they have been 
they will be very life-changing for some people because it's made some people just think, well, hang on, like, yeah, I do need to look at exercise a different way or I do need to be my own observer and look at my mindset and how I'm reacting to people or, okay, I do need to work on my sleep. Like that's where I'm falling apart, you know, all my nutrition. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these simple steps. But like I said, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And I know in your book, you really go really deep into how to actually achieve all of these things and you do you speak you speak at it from like a life coaching point of view the the voice that you use is is just really as I mentioned earlier easy to understand no like you're just a no-nonsense person you're a straight shooter so it's really applicable logical um, information that you can apply to your life to have long lasting you know, health, uh, mental health, like we spoke about all the, all the parts of you that make you, you, and to completely reshape your life, reshape the relationships that you have with people, reshape the way that you show up in your life, your career, all of the things, because we know that optimizing your health is key in being able to show up as your higher self in all areas of your life. And I think you've articulated this really, really well in your book. So I know um, it, the it, did you want to just briefly tell us like the chapters in the book um and where people can find the book and how they can purchase their own copy yeah sure so um it's called only human and uh, literally i mean with, with the, we've got the hard copies delivered today it will be up on amazon in the next kind of week to 10 days so um people can buy it from amazon ingram spark um or directly through my website um but the 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 way i've done it is yeah so my website um is www.freshcoaching.me um just in the frames of um changing it up a little bit but um yeah you can find that on there um but essentially the book I want it to be life coaching people through the page. So it's for people who are feeling a bit disconnected. They know they need to make a change, but maybe coaching isn't quite the step that they're ready for. So this book will give them um, a handheld kind of guide through men's. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that it takes them to a resource on the website where um, they've got worksheets to fill out. They've got uh, recipe plans. We've got work um, like home workouts in there for beginners. We've got breath work. We've got meditations. So there's it's not just a book. It's a lifestyle change. Um, so I I personally want people to go to their grave knowing that they've given their life the best shot that they can. And this is just my way of being able to do that um, in some small way. So yeah. Amazing. That sounds, I can't believe you've got all of those extra resources for everyone. Like that's absolutely amazing. So good. Um, so, by, so we're obviously live in the community, the Facebook group today. And so in a week's time, you can purchase it from Amazon. But this, by the time this podcast episode's released, so if you're listening to this on the podcast or you're watching us on, on YouTube, the book is, is out now. So go get your copy. And I'm sure you will enjoy reading it and get so much out of it to make a greater impact in your own life. And if you want to share it with your friends, your family, your husband, your brother, your sister, your aunt, whoever, like it is, yeah, it is basically life's little Bible in your hands. So well done, Anna, and congratulations on releasing such a, a beautiful, heartfelt book. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing 
all of your wisdom and being really open. I, I just love how you're such an open book with your, you know, sharing your family stories and you're just so true and just such a, a an, an amazing person. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Likewise, mate. It's um, I would just like to acknowledge you in your big part in this um, because I was definitely in a different space before I met you. So thank you for everything and um, yeah, looking forward to, to next year. Thank you. If you missed the intro and jump straight to the episode, don't forget that my Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment via application. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach and will help you up-level your health and wellness business. You'll gain access to the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and graduate with a knowledge of how to incorporate this timeless wisdom and holistic framework into your business so that you can create greater impact and boldly step into the high-level practitioner you know you can be. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform the life of others by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and staying right to the end. Let's take our relationship a little further and connect in the world of socials. Follow me personally on Instagram at harmony.inspired.ayurveda. My women's health clinic on Instagram is harmony underscore inspired underscore health or join our Facebook community, the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe. Reach out on any of those channels and let me know if you enjoyed the episode, what type of episodes you would like to hear more of in the future, or simply just swing by and say hi. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much, my friends, from my soul to yours.